Is inflation taking a bite out of your grocery budget? Andrews Federal Credit Union is here to help. Introducing our Inflation Buster Share Certificate with 5% APY for seven months now through December 14th. Bring your money to Andrews Federal Credit Union today. The Inflation Buster account must be open with new money. Andrews Federal Credit Union membership is not just for the military. We also serve the community. Visit andrewsfcu.org. Federally insured by NCUA. Membership eligibility required. APY equals annual percentage yield. Must have a $1,000 minimum balance to earn advertised APY. Happy Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever day of the week it happens to me to be that you're listening to this podcast. We hope it's a happy one. Yeah. Were you saying all the days because you're not sure which day it is? I they all run together. <laughs> it's it's like Every day is Saturday and every day is Monday. Yeah, no day is Friday. No like, day, no is day Friday. feels like, oh, it's the end of the week and tomorrow will be really different. No, it's all the same. Really, Saturday is the new Monday. Mm, and Monday deep. is the new Saturday. Yeah. Especially people with kids because with kids, it's like you used to look forward to the weekend because it was a break from work. Now you, get to spend time with you look kids. forward to Monday because it's a break from your kids. Except we're home still, so it's not really a break from your kids. Yeah, it's just all the same. Every day is the same. It's, it's Groundhog, like Groundhog Day, day right? Yes, it definitely is. <laughs> over and over. Uh, we had an interesting weekend. We tried to take our kids on a hike. We went on a hike. Uh, tried. I mean, your allergies affected your hiking experience, and my tolerance for whining kids. Yeah, the affected were our a hiking whiny. experience. Penelope and I did the whole hike. Did you do the whole hike? Well, we didn't want you to have to wait forever in a hot car. <laughs> but or we, we did the whole hike. The oh, whole hike. oh, I th- I wasn't aware you did. Oh, well, we didn't do the whole hike. <laughs> we did more than the rest. So of you. I'll start that phrase over again. We attempted to do a hike this All weekend. Right, accurate. Yeah. Uh, so that was something. Yeah, I'm excited for when it's gonna. It's hot enough for us to swim in the pool. Our pool's still freezing. Oh yeah. It needs to be warm enough where the kids can swim in the afternoons. So that oh. would be a game changer. About the pool. Oh, yeah. You broke the pool pump or something. Yeah, I kind of broke it. You'll fix it. It'll yeah, be fixed. It might be a couple days. <laughs> Hopefully, the pool, the pool won't turn green before it's fixed. Yeah, because we're swimming on Wednesday's going to be like 95 here. Yeah. So we're going to be swimming. I'm working on it. <laughs> it's a mess right now. So we have an interview, another interview today. Yes. Um, Caitlin Flake. And the way I found her, I was just perusing Facebook. And she, on like a local neighborhood site, she had posted just kind of a call out, and this was before the whole coronavirus thing, but sort of a call out um, to people to support local businesses. And so I messaged her and was like, oh, I'm interviewing entrepreneurs. Would you be interested? And she was. And so it was really fun to do this interview with someone I hadn't met yet, kind of loved it. And she's great. So I'm excited to share this interview with you guys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's right when we did the interview was right when the coronavirus was just starting to be a thing. Like we were uh, sort of aware of it and it was starting to, but there were no stay at home orders yet here at least. Mm -hmm. So yeah, things have changed a little bit. Um, but I don't know where I'm going with that. Yeah, that's all right. You don't have to know where you're going. (laughs) Let's start the interview, shall we? All right, let's do it. All right, I'd like to introduce Caitlin Flake to the podcast. Um, Hello. And Caitlin, yes, we in, we always like to begin episodes with an awkwardly personal question before we know anything about you. I would like to know what is the grossest thing that you have ever eaten late at night? Oh man, so in the t- I grew up in a small town in southern Arizona, and uh, 
there was just one of those little rundown, gross Mexican restaurants. And they had, and they were the only thing in town that was open 24 hours. And so, of course, when you're in high school and college in a small town, you're up at midnight and two o'clock in the morning wanting to eat food. So we would go to this little restaurant and they had this thing called Super Fries. And I'm, I'm pretty sure they just put fries down and then whatever random crap was like left on the counters or whatever, they would just stick it on top of it. And in the middle of the night, it was so good. But then for days, I, it was not good. It wouldn't <laughs> feel so great. <laughs> yeah. It was so like it, I loved it in the moment, but yes. Yeah, there's the there's a place near us that has they're called loaded buffalo fries and they're mm-hmm. so delicious. It's like fries with buffalo chicken and buffalo sauce and I don't know, blue cheese oh. chunks or something and it's uh-huh. so good, but then immediately after, like minutes after, I'm like, "Oh, oh. that was a horrible idea." I can't even <laughs> imagine eating that. that at 2 a.m. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. It was bad. <laughs> okay, so Caitlin, introduce yourself. Um just briefly tell us like your name, where you live. Um, and then I am going to make some assumptions about you. Um, so just tell us, you know, your, your name and where you live now. Okay. Um, Caitlin Flake, I live in Snowflake, Arizona, um, which is just, it's near like Sholo, like Northeastern Arizona. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to assume that you were born in Chicago. You were born in Chicago and then moved shortly thereafter to Southern Arizona. We just flew out just to have right? in the hospital and then flew back. You just wanted to have a more interesting city on your birth certificate. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Um, I was born in Mesa. Oh, okay, gotcha. And then you guys moved you, to you Southern so Arizona. It was really, um, really cool. Well, my, mo- my mom lived in Southern Arizona, but... Um, the doc, like the doctor that she really liked was in Mesa. So really like oh. we just went to Mesa and then because you wanted home. a cooler city on your birth certificate. <laughs> yeah, I guess <laughs> I wanted to be like the cool kids, <laughs> right? Mesa, I guess. Mesa baby. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm going to say that you have one brother and two sisters. You are so, I have one brother and one sister. Oh, so, so close. close. <laughs> I never get these right, but I do get close. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Okay, your high school mascot was a rhinoceros. <laughs> no? That would be the best high school Right? Mascot. Why are no high school mascots a rhinoceros? Like, For real. Like, we have so many wildcats. Why are there no rhinoceros? Was it wildcats? Too many wildcats. No. no like I was cougars. Eagles. No, oh, wild birds yeah. and wildcats. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> yeah, there should be some rhinos. There probably there probably are somewhere, like the red Redmond rhinos or something. But nobody I that them. I personally know. That's a really good mascot. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of that. It really is. Or like <laughs> should be. hippos. Like <laughs> Yes, the hippos. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Harrisburg hippos. There may be some somewhere. Somebody I'll get that right. Um, okay, first job. Let's say I'm gonna say your first job was a hostess at Denny's. No, <laughs> we didn't even get a Denny's in my town till I was like in college. <laughs> oh, I still don't have a Denny's in like, my hometown. Super small town. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was a violin teacher. That was Ooh, my first job. Nice. How old were you? That's a great job for a young person. I was like 14. I played the violin in church one Sunday, and a lady asked me if I would teach her kids, and I was like, 
Yeah, sweet. <laughs> nice. So you're like, I've had two lessons, but yes. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> That's a great first job. Did you continue teaching violin after? As you- I did. I continued teaching violin up until we adopted our kids. Okay. So till I was well into my adult years. <laughs> nice. But you don't teach now? No, no, I do not. Because okay. everyone else's kids are home at the same time that my kids are home. Uh, yes, exactly. That makes it more <laughs> difficult. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, well, let's get into it. Um, tell us a little more about you. Um, we're going to talk about a business that you started. And so first of all, um, have you always been interested in entrepreneurship or did it just sort of happen? Um, no, I really have always been. I was like the lemonade stand kid. Um I always was doing little things. I did a few like direct sales thingies for a little bit. And then I just was like, you know, I think I know enough that I can probably do this on my own. So that's awesome. (laughs) And then what was your, how did your business start? Like, how did you first get the idea? So for a long time, I sold for a big direct sales clothing company that was really popular a couple years ago. And then I decided to get out of that, but I live in a town where like Walmart, like that's, that's all we got. So yeah. So there were no like clothing options here. So I decided to just to start a business and sell clothing. And then that just kind of exploded. I just was selling out of a room in my house for a long time. And then I decided I wanted a storefront, but I didn't want to have to pay the rent by myself. So I rented out space to a bunch of crafty vendor, like a crafty friends who wanted to okay. sell their stuff. So, And did they, was it like just Saturday mornings they were there or did they have the space full time as well? Yeah, they would rent the space. So it was kind of like a consignment store almost. They would, they rent the space for me and I like, would do all the posting, all the advertising for them and, and stuff like that. So it kind of gave them like a, they didn't have to be there. We were, we're open all the time. Um, so it gave them just like a place to get their cool stuff out there. I love like talented people, but people who can make things are my favorite. So yes. And then getting everything that they're making available somewhere where people see it and can purchase. Yeah. I feel like, like, Etsy, like people sell a lot on Etsy, but like everybody sells on Etsy, you know, it's really, I feel like there's so much on, on Etsy and people really want to support like their local artisans and makers and stuff. And so I thought it would, it was a really cool opportunity for local people to buy local made stuff. So, yeah. So how formal was your process? Did you write a business plan when you started? Um, so I had a friend who did the same thing in another town. So I kind of adopted her business plan. Um, and I really just wanted to do it. My husband is more like the, he's like the QuickBooks guy and, and that stuff. So I just was like, let's just all get together and do a store, you know? Um, so I did, I have like a contract. I feel like my business plan is probably the contract that I had for the vendors, Um, so, I mean, I probably wasn't as great as I should have been in that aspect, but I had a vision and I knew what I was doing. You know what I mean? I did like a whole written lawyer thing. Gotcha. Yeah. And, um, so who, who is involved now? I know your sister is, you'd mentioned your sister is sort of heading things now. What was the process in transferring that? 
Um, well, I haven't done all the, like the legal stuff yet, but really she came to work for me a few months ago. And then, I mean, I have four kids. I was, I just was spending so much time at the shop and I have, my kids are all adopted through the foster system. So they kind of have some extra needs and they kind of need me around a little, yeah. uh, more, you know, so I just, I, I asked her to come up and work for me. And then eventually I, I just was like, Hey, how about you just like take this thing over? And so I'm a little bit um, involved still. I rent out a booth from her now and I just, you know, I kind of help her with stuff. Just, this is when I post on social media. This is when I pay the taxes. Like I, I still kind of help her out a little bit, but for the most part, she's doing an awesome job. So the storefront is located in Snowflake, right? What it's is located in Taylor, which is connected to near. Snowflake. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And what is the, what's the name of the business or the place where everyone can come to see all of the businesses? How's, where is it? And how does that work? It's called Blue Pond Boutique. And it's just, it's one, we have one location and then it's like split up into little booths. And so people can just walk around to all the booths. We're on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter as Blue Pond Boutique. She just actually, because of all this coronavirus craziness, she just started shipping. So that's going to be a really cool thing for her. Um, so yeah. Gotcha. So we're recording this um, a few weeks in advance. We probably won't post it for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> and we are right in the height of um, social distancing, right at the beginning of coronavirus, at least in Arizona. And so it will be interesting to see what it's like when we post this episode, right? Because things yeah. really have Who changed then. It might be a lot worse. We might be through it. We'll see. <laughs> but right now, there you probably, people aren't really aren't being encouraged to go to stores. So has she closed for business hours? Like people can't come. They're just, things have to be shipped. She has been really creative. She's doing like a thing where you can order just like through Instagram or whatever, just PM her and order. And then she has, she still is employing her, the employees that are there and they just will run it out to you, run whatever it is. So she's doing like live videos. Yeah. Yeah. She's doing like live videos so that she can show everything that's new in the shop. And then people just drive up. It's like curbside delivery. So I thought that was really smart. And then she started shipping too. So Gotcha. That is really smart because I know a lot of people are concerned, like what is going to happen to the economy if all businesses except for essential services have to shut down? How do all of these stores survive? How do people survive? And that is a great idea of one way to try and circumvent that um, and try and and keep things going as much as possible and try to keep people employed. Like that's vital. Totally. I think these little small businesses are the ones that are going to get hit the hardest, you know, so yeah, I know um, I was reading someone was mentioned or recommending. They're like, even if you don't want to get takeout from restaurants, you could buy gift cards now, planning to use them later when you can visit the restaurant, which is also a great totally. idea. Buy gift cards online for any shop that might need the help right now. And, you know, we're going to get through this and then we mm-hmm. would be able to use it after. So, yeah, yeah. I love it. I know, right? Definitely, <laughs> definitely ways that we can help keep things going for sure. So what, what was the best thing, um, about starting a company? So the best thing for me was connection and meeting people. I, I mean, I'm relatively new to the town that we live in now to snowflake, uh, three years, I relatively, I don't think that's really new, but, um, (laughs) 
but so I didn't know like a ton of people here yet. So, but everyone, like if a new business comes into town, everybody is there. So I got to meet a lot of really cool people through, through the business. And also um, I loved having the wholesaler license so that if I just saw something I liked, I could be like, Oh, I'm going to get that for, oh, yeah, <laughs> for the shop. Sure. like anything I liked. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. The reason I met you and reached out to you, you know this, but for our listeners, um, you posted on a Facebook group, just sort of a post encouraging people to buy local. Like don't buy everything on Amazon. Don't buy everything at Walmart. Like visit your, the local boutiques and shops Buy local. Has this been something that you have been, um, encouraging throughout the whole, you know, the whole time through this process, or is that fairly new? No, yes. I, I, I mean, like I said before, I love supporting makers and artisans. And if I can support a person and not a huge corporation, I'm totally going to do that. I've kind of always been that way. Um, so I, I just think everyone can use the reminder sometimes because, you know, like Walmart and Amazon are so easy, but they don't need our money. That's right. <laughs> you, know? you know, it's taking over. <laughs> the convenience is hard to pass up, but it's true. We There's so much we miss out on if we're yeah. not able to recognize and, um, you know, see and purchase handmade goods and things that people are making that are so creative and interesting and unique. Definitely. Yeah, so sure. I love that. Um, what about, what's the worst thing about starting a business? What have you found? I think the worst thing is uh, you can't make everybody happy. There's always going to be someone that doesn't like the way that you're doing things. Um, and it's hard to find information for like licensing and all the legal stuff that you're supposed to do. It's really hard to find the information out there for that. So that, I think that was the hardest. It's like a complicated journey. process. Yeah. Especially when yeah. you're excited to be in there doing what you want to do. And then you're dealing with all the paperwork and all these other things. You're like, this is not what yeah. I'm doing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and what about, so you had kids at home when you first started the business, had you adopted any kids yet? Or was that all after? Um, we had all of our kids okay. when, yeah, when I started the business and that really was kind of why I started because um, I went from being, I was a teacher before we adopted the kids. So I went from like a super social environment. Like I was always around other people and then we got our kids and I really just like didn't leave my little kingdom. I think it's so easy to just get sucked into all the things I need to do at home and you never see anybody anymore. Um, and so that was kind of why I started the business so that I could, I had, I could have something for me and still kind of have some kind of a social life. You know, I still got to talk to people and serve other people. So definitely. I, I think every mom out there, this is resonating, right? Because there's, yes, there's so much value in being a mom at home, but like to be meeting new people and having other outlets is can be so helpful. And it depends a lot on different personalities too, right? Some of us really totally. need to work and need, you know, the other outlets and some don't. So it's very much case by case, right? Oh, yeah, um, yeah for sure. Yeah. I'm curious, have you had any experiences where people were either extremely supportive of you starting a business with kids at home or the opposite? Um, I mean, you're going to have haters no matter what you do. Um, my husband has always been very supportive of really anything that, that I want to do. He really understands that, that I need my thing, you know? Yeah. Um, 
um, I feel like, you know, there are always people, I mean, like you were just talking about, some people are just totally happy to just be at home and do all the home things. And I think they just don't understand that need to do something outside of the home sometimes. So I did have some people just say just little, I mean, little remarks like, well, don't ignore your kids or make sure that the babysitter's not raising your kids, you know, just little things yes. like that. But I got it. Thanks. Thanks for the input. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You just take those kind of things with a grain of salt and just, I got to do what's right for me and my family. And that might not be what's right for everybody's family. So. Right. For sure. Well, as you know, our podcast is called Accidental Parenting and we talk about the wins and fails of parenting as we all figure it out as we go along. And we're, you know, we're now trying to talk to moms who have started businesses and see, you know, kind of like, how's that working? Are there more wins or fails or both? Um, Can you share a recent win or fail that you have experienced as a parent? Um, Well, I mean, related to business. I'm not doing the shop so much anymore, but I have started life coaching and uh, my kids are really like into it. They ask me all these questions about it. And I just think that's so cool when your kids can be like proud of something that you're doing and interested in something that you're doing. Um, So that has been a really cool thing. And it's something that I can bring them into with me. They loved, they loved coming to the shop with me and stuff. And that was really cool to spend that time with them. I think anytime that you can involve your family in something and make it a family effort that that's like the best, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. I, I kind of love that. And (laughs) I love that you can really tell your entrepreneur spirit, because even when you're sort of passing the reins to your sister for that, you're like, and now I will start a business as a life coach. (laughs) I know it's ridiculous. It's like in your nature. I know. I always tell people that I have business ADHD. (laughs) That's just what I do. Like I do a thing for a little bit and I'm like, well, that's not fun anymore. Time to move on. Move on to this. Pass that to someone, move on to something. Yeah. I can see you be, you're more of a business starter, you know, and some people maybe would want to stay with one and see it to the end and grow it and grow it. And whereas you can pass that along to someone else very happily and then move on and start a new thing. Which is and also I thought I thought that it would be so hard to because you know this is it was my baby like the blue pond boutique was named after a pond that I swam in when I was a kid and like I built these relationships relationships with these vendors and all this stuff I thought it would be really hard to pass it on but I really was just excited to give her a fully formed business and I was just like all right peace out good luck like <laughs> it. Yeah. Well, I kind of, if you are willing, I would love to talk about the um, financial aspect of that for a minute. Like, first of all, is the business, um, you know, doing well, successful? Like when you passed it along to her, was it making money? Yeah, we haven't ever had a month in the red. Awesome. Um, I think because the way the business is set up, um, it's... it's Renting out other spaces is probably... Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I made sure that their, the vendor's rent would pay my rent pretty much. So that, that makes it a whole lot easier to kind of stay afloat, um, in, in a small town and probably everywhere, um, for a business like this, we don't really have any necessities. Like there's nothing there that you have to have, you know what I mean? So, um, it's kind of, it's kind of tricky. You have to do a lot of advertising and stuff. Just keep reminding people. Um, that were there. Um, 
Yeah, it's been, there were a couple of months where I chose to put the money back into the business instead of paying myself, but really it's done really well. And it's interesting because we have some months that are just like amazing through the roof and some months that aren't. And sometimes it's hard to gauge what those months are going to be. The business is only a couple of years old. So, um, you know, as time goes on, we'll be able to kind of pinpoint what's going on and prepare for those months. But yeah, but overall, it really has been I've gotcha. been really pleasantly surprised. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And then when you <laughs> went to to sell your business to your sister or pass it along to her, that definitely would be affected where it's a family member. You know, if it's someone you don't know, it would be a very different, more formal situation where you're selling mm-hmm. a business. Um, how was it different where it was a family member? Um, I wouldn't have been as involved had it been outside of like a stranger or somebody outside of the family. Mm-hmm. For her, I I think she's my younger sister, so I think that I'm a little more like, how about try this? You know, I, I'm I'm more involved than I than I would have been, and it's easier for me to tell her. Well, like I've done this for a long time, so it's easier for me to tell her like maybe try this thing and see if that works to give her yeah. advice. Offer your you know. consulting services. Yes, Is she exactly. taking the advice whether, well? Whether like she, she wants it or not. Whether she wants it or not. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think some things she understands that this is a thing that I've done for a long time. So I think that she kind of, she, she tries the things that I say, and really she needs to figure out her own thing too. What worked for me may not work for her. Um, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Well, I, I'm excited. I want to come up to Snowflake and just make a special trip up there just to yeah, go to Blue Pond Boutique and check it out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Or right now, you know, I can have something shipped. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> a little while before I'm able to go anywhere. Okay. So Caitlin, as you know, we like to end our episodes by playing a game. I am a huge game player. I love every game. Awesome. So, <laughs> so we're going to play a game. This is what we're going to do. You're going to open the internet browser on your phone and you're going to read the three most recent searches and then describe them if necessary. If it's maybe like a website that no one will have heard of, then, then describe (laughs) what it is. (laughs) So for me, I'm not sure if you have an iPhone, but it'll just be like the bottom three are the most recent, right? Okay. So I'm opening mine. I'll share mine first and then we'll have you share yours. Okay. All right. Oh, my bottom one, this is not surprising, is Khan Academy. I have my kids are at home. All kids schools are closed right now, right? So kids are home. Yeah. And I have been searching and trying to find options for them to study at home. So that's the first awesome. one there. Um, okay, now you share your first one. Okay, my first one is uh Tangled Kingdom name. <laughs> So, (laughs) you know, the movie Tangled, she's quarantined in that thing. The name of the kingdom is Corona. Oh, really? Yes. How crazy is that? (laughs) That's interesting. I would not have remembered that. Do you see that somewhere or were you, did you remember? No, (laughs) I saw on Facebook, someone said, look up the name of the Tangled Kingdom. (laughs) Interesting. Which I think, doesn't it just mean crown in... I think I know so. in French it's cojon, so it's probably really close to that in Spanish too. Yeah, probably. I'm so sure they got is. the the name of their kingdom from the word crown. That's kind of unoriginal. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay. Come on, Disney. My second one. This is also not surprising. Coronavirus <laughs> incubation period. How long before <laughs> symptoms show? It's an article. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, yep. that's the kind of things we're googling right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. What's your second one? 
Mine was coronavirus in Navajo County. <laughs> <laughs> so, yep. You're like, let's see, let's see the numbers. What are the new numbers here? <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> okay. My next one is an unsubscribe. That's funny because oh. I've been all of these emails from companies that are saying like, this is what we're doing. You know, the, uh, these are the measures we're taking now that we have the coronavirus. And a lot of them are companies that I haven't gotten an email for some time or I've been getting emails, but should have unsubscribed long ago. So this one's from Mountainside Fitness. And I haven't had a membership there in probably three years. <laughs> so I got the email about what they're doing, you know, they're closing their hours or whatever. And I immediately was like, okay, it's time. I need to unsubscribe. <laughs> I thought It's like, what are these people doing for marketing? I've been getting all these emails like from places I haven't heard from in forever. So like, why yeah. am I... Why have I not heard anything from them forever? And I know. I've had that too. I feel like I haven't gotten an email from Mountainside Fitness in years. I could swear I had unsubscribed from it a while ago. But so maybe <laughs> they have like a way to send an email to everyone who is on their email list and also everyone who ever unsubscribed to let them know yes. they're closed for Cause, coronavirus cause reasons. Because you care. I know. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I unsubscribed again or for the first time. I'm not sure. Okay. What was your third search result? Uh, Wayfair. Nice. Because I'm just hanging out in my house looking at all the furniture that I need. So, right. (laughs) It's a good time to do some online shopping. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) All right, Caitlin, thank you for joining us. Good job on the game. It wasn't so much a competition game as just like, tell me what you've been Googling game. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we were very close in all our Corona. It's true, actually. (laughs) Everyone's kind of researching the same thing right now. How do I entertain my kids at home? And how many people have been have tested positive for coronavirus that's what we want to know oh man the time (laughs) we'll see well thank you so much for being on the podcast today Um, thank you it's just fun to to talk to people who who are entrepreneurs and are you know have that mentality of starting a business and the excitement of getting it going and just finding out uh you know what that experience was like so thank you for sharing that with us here yeah you're welcome thank you all right thanks Kayla we'll see you next time That was a wonderful interview, but I do have one bone to pick. Okay, let's hear it. Just one. All right. I don't get to play games anymore. Oh, yeah, because I usually play the game with the person I interview. Yeah, you're doing the parent-entrepreneur thing, and you always play the games, and it kind of spoils some of my fun. You miss the games? A little bit. Let's play a game, me and you right now. Do you have one? Um, Let me see. Oh, I know what we could do. Okay. I have this French textbook behind me. Oh, you just happen to have a French textbook behind you. I do happen you. to have this book here. I, I also happen to, to have uh, an American history textbook This is what I'm going to do. I am going to read a word in French, and you're going to say what it means in English. Oh, okay. A lot of them. I'll try to find ones that kind of sound the same in English. Okay. Ready? Une couronne. Uh, could you use it in a sentence, please? Hmm. J'ai une couronne sur ma tête. Um, could I have the origin of the word? No. <laughs> <laughs> could you spell the word for me, please? C-O-U-R-O-N-N-E. No, spell it in English, please. C-O-U-R-O-N-N-E. C-O-U-R-O-N-N-E. Is it like coronation? Very close. What is it? It's funny that that's the first one I saw because it's like coronavirus. Oh, it means a crown. A cr- which cr- okay. I think coronavirus came from crown, something like that. Well, I think I coronation like I coronation like came coronation. from crown. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. All right. Okay, here's another one. Mm-hmm. 
on lise. Lise. So a a lise. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so it's on on as a uh-huh. right. So could you use the word in a sentence, please? Il n'y a pas de lise maintenant au cause de coronavirus, which I don't know how to say in French. <laughs> could you could you say the sentence in English except for the word? <laughs> sure. There's no lise right now because of coronavirus. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Could be um, anything. <laughs> public gatherings. Pretty really close. Uh, high school. Oh, yes. Correct. There yeah, is no correct. high school. <laughs> All right. Let's do another one. Oh, uh, this will be good. On um, smoking. Okay. On um, mm. smoking. Is it... Uh, um, could you use the word in a sentence, please? Il a porté un smoking au fait. Which means he wore a smoking to the party. Oh, shoot. Well, that throws things off. <laughs> Turns out the word isn't smoking. No. Um, he wore a smoking, a smock. Ooh, good guess. What is it? Tuxedo. Uh, okay. Smoking. It's a formal smock. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. I get it. You want to do another one? Let's do one more. Okay. Hmm. Un siècle. Siècle. Could you spell it, please? In French or English? English? English, please. S-I-E-C-L-E. Siècle. You want a sentence? Wait, wait, wait. S-I-E-C-L-E. Cycle, like a bicycle? Similar to cycle, yeah. S-I-E-C-L-E. Okay, in a sentence, please. Il y a trois siècles. In English, please. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like she's just thinking in French and English at the same time. This is what it's like to live with Aubrey. This doesn't help you if it's in French. Okay, let's say, um, th- this is the twenty-first siècle. Century. <laughs> yeah, so that was All right. a big hint. It was a, it was a pretty big hint. All right, now I'm gonna I'm gonna play a game with you with a history oh, let's book. Let's hear it. Oh, this is gonna be bad. All right, I do have a high school history textbook in front of me. And I've opened up to the glossary. Oh, okay. Terms and definitions. All right. And I'm going to say a term, and I want you to tell me what it is. <laughs> what is the Bessemer process? Please use it in a sentence. <laughs> this no. is not going to help me. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that is the process by which uh, law is broken. Uh, that is incorrect. <laughs> Hang on. i got to find the right page because I opened up to the Spanish glossary. Oh. Hang on, I'll get there. The Bessemer process, I I believe, and I have not read the definition yet, it is the process by which steel is made from iron by burning all of the imperfections in the metal. Let's let's just check here. Hang on one second. Uh, Oh, look at that. A cheap and efficient process for making steel developed around 1850. Impressive. You knew, clearly. You did. Let's find another one here. All right, last one here. What was the Manhattan Project? Oh, I always had to do with computers. There were like some supercomputers, and I feel like I can see Ferris Bueller. Was he in the movie The Manhattan Project? The, what's his War name? War Games? That's what I'm thinking of. Did that have to do with the Manhattan Project? Not at all. Hmm. I mean, did that have to do with computers? N- nope. <laughs> okay, I don't know. The Manhattan Project was the top secret. Uh, development of the atomic bomb in World War II? Sure. There was at least one computer used. Sure. <laughs> All right. Let's do one more. Okay. One more. Give you one more chance. All right. Last one. What was the Kansas-Nebraska Act? 
Um, that was when they drew the state line between Kansas and Nebraska. No. That would make sense. I mean, it was it's when it was when they were deciding whether or not Kansas and Nebraska would be a slave state or a free state. Ah. And they decided to let the citizens or the population of the state decide. Oh, what did they decide? Well, that just caused a bunch of people to move to Kansas and Nebraska so they could help swing the tide either way. Interesting. So, like, if you were from the north, you're like, hey, let's go to Kansas so we can help influence slavery there. It was just a tricky way to populate those states that no one really wanted (laughs) to be. I guess that really was. How do we get people to move to Kansas and Nebraska? It worked. You know, they still have that same question today. (laughs) We like Kansas and Nebraska. Nebraska land days. That's how they do it. Have a really fun... Is that a thing? Yeah, Nebraska Land Days. We went once. My dad was there for an art show, and so we all went. I remember we were in a, we were like <laughs> staying in we our just, trailer. So we went. Like our camping trailer, and I remember the cops came because my brother and I were calling 911 from a payphone. Oh, yeah, that's and right. came and yelled at this us. This is a great story, because like, oh, yeah, it's fine. We called 911, but it was from a payphone, so they're not going to be able to track us. Yeah, they don't. So, huh, there's a payphone here. What's around? Oh, there's a camper right knock, there. Knock, on the knock, camping knock. camping trailer door. You kids been dialing 911 on this payphone? <laughs> they caught us. How did they know? How did they know? <laughs> All right, well, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 